0: Welcome to Speed Talking with Fora, a weekly debrief that keeps you up to date on the latest trends in travel. Here's your host, Henley Vasquez. Hi, everybody. I am broadcasting today from Egypt live. I'm in Cairo right now, and I am Henley. I am one of the co-founders of Fora, which is a new kind of travel agency aimed at empowering anybody who loves travel to turn that into a job, new career, Side hustle, you name it. So listen, I know that last week we said we were gonna be talking about sleeper hit hotels this week, but we pushed that because I'm in Cairo and we wanna talk about Egypt. There's also a lot going on right now. So I think it's important for us to cover a bit of that. Let's start with stats. Egypt used to be a major destination took a bit of a pause during the Arab spring times, but it has made a massive comeback and so much so that here's a few stats because you know, we love stats 7 million tourists in the first half of this year. And they're on track to get over 13 million by the end of 2023. So like, Things are growing and the Minister of Tourism is saying, yeah, like we want to keep going. We are on to this right now. And you can feel it here. So during the pandemic, when Egypt reopened, it was actually one of the first destinations you could start traveling to again. And you saw all these incredible pictures of people like standing in front of the pyramids and there's nobody around. Those days are gone. It is busier now, but not so busy. So let's talk of what to know if you want to come to Egypt now, which you should want to do. And actually... I'll talk about our own data later. What we're seeing is that lots of our advisors are planning these trips right now. Seasonality is important to know in terms of crowds. It is September right now. That is technically outside of the season. It's still quite hot here. It was 101 degrees at the peak of the day when I was out. But you know what that means? Less crowds. So I actually do have some pictures in front of the Sphinx where you can't see anybody around me. Super cool. If you come during peak tourism season, which would be November to April, that is going to be more crowded. So if you want to avoid the crowds like coming late September, early October, or maybe in the spring, late April, May, that's gonna be a time where it's not gonna be as crowded, but also not gonna be quite as hot as it is in their summer. Remember, we are in North Africa here, it does get cold around December, January, so you're not hanging out by a pool then, but still, light jacket, you can do your touring, and it's a great time to be here. But just know, in terms of crowds, obviously, they're going to be peaked then. Neighborhood-wise, so I am sitting in the Four Seasons Nile Plaza, which I'm going to turn on some news about that later, but this is in the Garden District of Cairo. This and like this area right around the Nile, you can actually see the reflection of the sun setting over the Nile right now on my face. That's why I am so shiny. This is the neighborhoods that you want to be in. There is an area called New Cairo that's being built right now. Any good travel advisor is going to steer you the right way. But just as a clue so that you know now, if you're not a travel agent and you're wondering where to stay, you're not staying in New Cairo. New Cairo is a new business district. New build, it's about an hour away from where I am right now. The St. Regis, there is a St. Regis out there. There's also St. Regis here on the Nile. Four seasons. We've got two four seasons here on the Nile. There also will be a four seasons out there eventually. That is a business district. If you are a business traveler, sure, you might want to stay out there. If you are coming here to do the sites and explore Cairo and its amazing history, don't do it. So don't get confused by neighborhoods and end up booking something out there. That is not your place. Few things to know that you do need to have while you're here. Egyptian pounds. So that is the local currency. You should have it. Tipping is expected in most places. So anything from when you're going in a public restroom in the, around the pyramids, you're going to need to have a little bit of a tip to give to the women that work in the restroom. You also are going to have toilet paper that you need to have. So just a thing There was no toilet paper on my Egyptian air flight here from Heathrow. There also is not a lot of TP hanging out in the bathrooms around here. I went to the pyramids today with toilet paper stuffed in my handbag. So things you need, Egyptian pounds and a little bit of TP. You also need a visa for most passengers. Now this is like the big thing that's happening at the moment. U.S. visitors, you get it on arrival. I landed, there was Four Seasons staff in the airport. It's 25 bucks, I've got my visa, I've got my stamp, my passport looks that much cooler. Canadians are having a bit of an issue at the moment. Essentially what happened, and this happened like just days ago, is that Canada made it a little bit harder for Egyptians to get a visa to Canada. Egypt said, oh yeah, I see you and I raise you. You guys can't have a visa on arrival anymore. Everybody's scrambling at the moment. I know we have advisors dealing with this. I know that the staff here at the airport and the DMCs are dealing with this. We don't really know what the answer is going to be. Other than that, right now, Egypt is saying as of October 1, No more visas on arrival for Canadian citizens. If you have a trip planned, talk to your travel advisor, call the Egyptian embassy in your local area, but know that they'll get this figured out just right now. This should be on your radar if it isn't. Okay, so the other things that's all the good news, not panicking about visas, is that the hotels here are spectacular. So I am sitting in the Four Seasons Nile Plaza, which is again, one of the two Four Seasons here. This is a hotel that's been a legend forever. It's really known not only amongst the local community, but obviously amongst the travel community is a great place to stay. Now, the word was like, yeah, it's a little long in the tooth with some of the rooms. They heard us and they just opened three floors of newly renovated rooms. I'm sitting on them in one right now. They are super chic. They're full of books and vases and it feels almost residential. I'm really into this. And also like when you compare the price point of a Four Seasons in Egypt versus a Four Seasons in say Costa Rica, this one's a lot more affordable. So I love this hotel. There are lots of other luxury brands too, but these are really the top ones that our advisors are booking right now. Okay. So where not to stay? Personal preference for me, but you may have heard of the Mina House. The Mina House is in Giza, right at the pyramids. This is very famous. It used to be an obroy. It's now a Marriott. My feeling about it is cool. You wake up in the morning. You can look at the sun rising over the pyramids. But once you've done the pyramids, you really want to be in the city. You don't want to be 25 to 30 minutes away. And that's without traffic. I would say, although it's famous, although it's on many people's radars, I would just stay in the city and just go out and do your pyramid day. If you're really dedicated to doing it, fine. We can totally arrange that for you. Just not my preference. Now, speaking of preferences, DMCs. What is a DMC? If you're a traveler watching this, you probably don't know. That's cool. You don't need to. They're for us. A DMC is a destination management company. That is like an agent for an agent. They only work with travel advisors and they are in the destination. So We use them a lot in Africa, Peru, Ecuador, places where we wanna have a team that is on the ground and available to you guys as travelers 24 seven. Do you need one in Egypt? Depends. Lots of folks use them here. And I think there's like a very good reason to go that route if you have a complicated trip or if you want like the most flawless like very specific kinds of guides. I'm here without one. And my feeling is that if you're doing a sort of standard trip like Cairo, cruise, beach time, You don't necessarily need that. So this is, I weigh it both times. I would say with guides, like the majority of guides, like 80% of them are like, pretty okay. Maybe not the best you've ever had. Maybe not the worst. There's 10% that are spectacular. And if you're really going for a very specific kind of guide, I think a DMC is a good way to go. If you are like generally just happy for somebody to give you some history, show you around, most of them are going to be okay. There's that 10% that are not good at all in all destinations we try to avoid them. It happens sometimes, but hopefully not here. There's so much to learn. The history is everywhere. I stood in a crypt where Jesus and Mary and Joseph hid out for three months yesterday, and a church is now built on top of it, the famous hanging church. There's mosques, like everything dates way, way back. Like History, as far as we know it in the US, is nothing compared to a 4,500-year-old pyramid. So knowing about all of the history and how you're going to do it, whether you have a DMC or whether you're doing it just through your hotel, you are going to want to guide. Things about the pyramids. You're going to go. There's going to be a lot of vendors trying to sell you like camel rides and handbags and that kind of stuff. A guide's going to help you navigate that. I recommend going on a Friday, which is what I did. And it is, it's the Egyptian weekend. So it's less traffic to get there, less people around go early. There's a place called Nine Pyramid Lounge. It's a place for incredible breakfast views. You eat your breakfast, you're overlooking the pyramids. If you have anybody in your group with mobility issues, or if you're traveling with a multi-gen and grandparents, you can see the pyramids amazing from there and you can drive right up to it. So if you have mobility issues, it's going to make it easier. Also, if you have younger children and like some of the schlepping around and some of the crowds and some of the vendors might be a little much for them, go there, have breakfast, take the pictures, then go and see the Sphinx and move on. But it is like truly bucket list for good reason now that I've been and see it I get it what's not bucket list Memphis this was the ancient capital of Egypt it's on a lot of itineraries it's all right I don't really think anybody needs to go you can see some great monuments but unless you're like a deep cut on Egypt's history and, and archaeology you can probably skip it what not to skip is Saqqara So Saqqara is a town that has a very famous step Pyramid, so actually the oldest, I think the oldest monument in the world, it's 4700 years old, it's wild. Near that is the town. The town is actually known for carpet making. So you can go and visit a school, The workers there can bring their children. It's the trade. It's what the town is known for. And so in order to preserve the trade, they actually teach children outside of school hours. These kids are going to school. They can come to work with their parents and actually learn how to make these carpets. They're made from Egyptian cotton. They're made from silk. They're made from wool. And you can buy one that's there and you can ship it home. I did it. I felt really good about buying something that frankly looks really cool in my apartment and be a good story, but also something that supports this village and their effort to keep making these incredible carpets. And let's not just go and buy them at Ikea. What else to know? That's kind of it for now. You can add, obviously, a cruise on. Lots of people do that to get down into the Nile. Highly recommended. Also, you can have beach time. Fly over to to Sharm el-Sheikh at the end. Do your beach time. It's also really known for diving and snorkeling. I will be headed that direction, too, for a little downtime after all this busyness in Cairo. But mainly, get Egypt on your radar. Make sure you can get your visa. Think about how you're going to plan it out. Don't wing it. But know that this destination, although it may sound intimidating, it's on everybody's bucket list for good reason. Go ahead and get here. All right. Thanks so much for joining. I promise I will not bump your sleeper hit. So next week you can join up and find out about other places that might be flying under the radar hotel wise and where to stay when you want to get one of those. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Don't travel too far before hitting follow and subscribe. Check in next week for the newest episode of Speed Talking with Fora and our take on what's currently happening in the wild world of travel.